Welcome back to another episode of Company of One. I am Dale Callahan. I'm your host. Today, we're talking about should I use LLC or S-Corp for startup? You got a startup, you got a side gig, you got a side hustle. And what are you wanting to use for your legal structure? I get this question a lot, uh, so we're going to address this and kind of from a bigger picture because I've addressed it a couple of times in previous episodes, in episode number 115, we talked about do you need a business business license for your uh, company. So we covered that. And in another episode, I think episode 56, do you need a business license to sell online? Uh, another question I get a lot. And then in, a, in a, a blog post, do I need a business license or LLC? So obviously I get these kind of questions a lot. I'm not going to readdress the same exact stuff. I'll just uh, gloss over that stuff uh, quickly and kind of get to the other question where people start mentioning S-Corps. Uh, so this is not legal advice, and that's not a disclaimer. That's uh, just me saying this is kind of a practical, common sense view of this, and when do you seek um, accountants, lawyers, and the things like that that you might need. So that's what we're going to talk about here in just a minute. But before we do that, uh, a shout out. I've been doing this for people that are uh, left me a review on iTunes. So I do, if you could leave me a review, that would be awesome. If you find this information useful, inspiring, uh, even helping you find where to look for the answers, that would be awesome. Leave me an iTunes review. If you do, give me a shout out, shoot me an email just so I know who you are because you'll, as you know, in iTunes reviews, I don't always know who they are because of your name. If you don't want to do that, that's cool. But so this one is from Tony Horton, and he says, I love the podcast, Dr. Callahan. I have always wanted to be an entrepreneur slash inventor. Your podcasts are reigniting my entrepreneur spirit. I love that. I mean, that's that's the one thing that we need, right? We need reignition of the things and that, that, that stuff inside of us that just gets us moving. Uh, let me continue reading. Sorry, disclaimer. I mean, a side, sidebar. So we need, we meet briefly. Uh, we met briefly when I was exploring the IAM program at UAB. That's the graduate program I run. I am an UAB alumni, and I started my educational journey with a desire to have degrees in both computer science and electrical engineering. However, during my sophomore year at the United States Military Academy, Academy, I ran into a roadblock called the Laplace Transform. Uh, I figured I could be a mechanical engineer instead. Thank you for all you're doing. <laughs> so thanks, Tony. Uh, I love the fact that we're inspiring you with that. I also love the fact that uh, uh, Laplace Transform uh, threw you over the edge. I totally, totally understand and relate to that. So those of you that don't have engineering backgrounds, you don't know what the heck we're talking about, maybe. But that's okay, Tony. Tony's experienced it, and many of you, I know many of engineers are listening to this, and they can relate to either they loved it or they hated it. Probably. Uh, it, it's a mathematical type thing. So uh, it's using a lot of circuit analysis. But we won't go into that. We're not going to cover Laplace transforms. I'm probably not qualified to actually talk about them anymore at this moment without studying back. So what we want to do though is we're talking about these couple of episodes. We're talking about side hustles. We're talking in, in episode number 137. We talked about how to find ideas for your side hustle. 138 
We talked about how to find the time and money for your side hustle. And then the question that I always start to get very quickly as people are thinking about or making money is, hey, you know, what about business license and all this kind of things? Because if you look up things on the website, Small Business Administration, they harp on these issues. I think that's probably not the way to do that, but that's my opinion. So let's dive, though, into this issue of LLCs, uh, S-Corps, and things like that. So I'm going to start out kind of summarizing what some of the other posts uh, talked about, some of the other podcasts, and some of the other blog posts that I've done in this area. Uh, So point one here is when you need neither LLC or S-Corp. Now, for those accountant lawyers out there that are gritting your teeth because I'm throwing out S-Corp and LLC as if they're two different things, (laughs) bear with me. I get it. Well, I don't get it as well as you do, but I I understand. Uh, But this is the question I get asked, right? So do I need an S-Corp or LLC? So when do you need neither an S-Corp or LLC? So a lot of times we're starting, we're starting a side gig, how most businesses start. Uh, We're doing something in our spare time. I always look at if there's no risk of danger to, to somebody, to the public,
And by no risk, let me talk about what that might look like. There's no risk of danger to other people. Selling online courses or online merchandise is considered normally harmless. And I realize that's a not a technical word, but clothing, household items, uh, things that, you know, just generally speaking, somebody's not going to get injured on or hurt with. Uh, online courses, as long as you're, you know, doing things like teaching people how to play guitar or piano, organize their closets in the many, many hundreds of or, uh, organized, you know, uh, courses that are out there. Maybe I'm teaching yoga. Uh, so, or advice and consulting that's not health issues. Now, yoga may cross the line there. I don't think so. But advice or consulting that's not health related or tied to the risk of money. Uh, dating advice is another one you see out there a lot. Educational advice, is, uh, for instance. So there's not really any risk, and that's what you're thinking. Is there any risk of danger physically to individuals from what you're selling? Or are there any risk of money loss uh, for what you're selling? And for most of you, the answer is going to be no. And opposite of that would be, that I'll hit some of these in a minute, but opposite that would be, you know, I would say I'm, I'm renting a motorcycle uh, a motorcycle theme park. People come to me and they rent motorcycles to go ride around. Somebody's going to get hurt. Just to, That's a given. So that's you kind of want to think through that. What's the risk of people losing money or uh, someone getting hurt? It, and if when there's neither of those out there, or, or it's kind of far-fetched, uh, I would start, now we're talking about just starting, right? I would start and not worry about the LLC, S-Corp, all that legal garbage uh, up front. So that's uh, that's number one. Number two is there's no wealth. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, that this is a part A and B when you need neither, that there's no danger or there's no wealth. And what I mean is your wealth. If your net worth is not enough to attract frivolous lawsuits. I use a number of under $500,000 net worth for yourself. Um, you could, you know, if you're you're hyper conservative, you could change that to 250000 But let's just face it, lawyers don't sue where they can't make money, generally speaking. If they, and, and lawyers aren't going to sue you. It's just, it's just not worth it. It's not practical, right? That's why they always want the big giant companies, the big giant insurance companies and things like that. So frivolous lawsuits usually show up more when you have wealth. Uh, so that's when you, when you don't have either one of those. You're not uh, wealthy or and you're just doing something that um, is not risky financially or health-wise to someone, then just start. Just start and see what happens. Uh, again, we're talking about startup. If if this takes off, then you, good. You can talk about the other later. But if it doesn't take off, if, in other words, the business doesn't grow, then you have not risked uh, time and money uh, just messing around with all this legal garbage goop type stuff, right? You just go out there and get started. The flip side, number two, is when you need legal protection. Now, so I am just starting. When I am doing something that is opposite of what I just said, I'm risking health or wealth. I'm selling any food item. I'm selling weight loss. I'm selling any kind of medical stuff. I would include vitamins in here. 
and a lot of people are selling vitamins and don't have any legal protection, I would throw vitamins under there. Sometimes if you're selling as a distributor uh, for one of these large companies, then they have some legal protection for you. But I always look at uh, if you're doing things that are just got food, uh, weight loss, anything like that where people can get find themselves seeing doctors having medical bills, you need some protection. Or if you're providing advice and consulting to a business where they could lose money. I'm out there consulting a uh, business on things that they should be doing or should not be doing where they might lose revenue. They might be at risk. And uh, a lot. This is usually kind of a business-to-business consulting arrangement. Uh, and you kind of have to evaluate that. You kind of have to evaluate that by talking to the people that you're working with. Or you could cause damage that is expensive to repair. Let's say you're going to someone's house. And generally speaking, if you're at someone's house doing any work, well, you're at risk. Um, but you might be doing something that could cause damage to them, to their car, to something that's going to cause, you know, so I'm, I'm out there painting a mural on the side of your house and, and I, which might be bizarre, but anyway, I'm painting a mural on the side of your house. I might drop a ladder, break, uh, something that could cause significant amounts of money to repair. That not, has nothing to do with while I'm out there. Right. And of course, if someone could get hurt. Uh, so anything showing up somebody's house is always a risk. Showing up at somebody's property is always a risk. So give you a case in point, we had a re- rental property. And by the way, rental property always falls under this in my book because the people are in your house, they could trip and they could fall. We had rental property on a lake. Uh, so you want to talk about added risk. Um, never, ha- never, We've sold that property now, sold that company. Uh, nothing ever happened there, but... I remember meeting with our attorney and we were incorporating one of our businesses and, and he was like, what are you doing? You need to incorporate that. That's your risk, not this other thing as much. Uh, so so that's what you're looking for, risk of health and wealth to others or w- where you're risking their money. Or when you, again, when the opposite of above, when you have personal wealth. And again, I use the $500,000 risk. And, and here's my thinking on that. And, and this is not just me. This is a lot of people would think this way. If you have enough wealth that you can just pay the attorney and pay the accountant, you just pick up the phone and call them and tell them what they're doing, tell them what you're doing, and move on, right? And, and if you're like many of us, the attorneys and all can work with you under a corporate umbrella that allows you to do multiple things and try things. And if they become big, successful, you spin them off. You know, so I have a corporate structure and we can try to offer new products and services under that corporate structure. And hey, if it, if it becomes so big in itself, spin it off. That's the kind of thinking that you have when you have enough wealth. You just say protections cost so little. And it's also, you're not spending your time trying to do it yourself. By the way, I would not do legal and corporate stuff myself, generally speaking. So number three, let's get into that. Let's, uh, so that, that's the legal protection. Number three is I need, some corp, get, uh, I need to get some corporate structure and insurance when I need legal protection. This, I'm just talking legal protection right here. So let's say you're in one of these things and you do this. A corporate structure gives you some distance. 
So technically speaking, at least in the United States, a corporate structure, an LLC, a corporation, and other various things, and they vary a little bit state to state, allow you to say, I'm not the company. The company has its own personality, its own unique. It, 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 it's treated kind of as a person. That's not legally correct, but I, I don't think. But you get the idea. So you sue the company instead of suing Dale. And so when you sue the company, you're suing the company's assets. So if the company has you know $100,000 in cash and that's all that there is, you're suing that. You're not suing the individual who that might have millions of dollars of wealth. So it gives you some distance if you do it correctly. Uh, many times that you don't do it correctly, many people start corporations and then they operate out of kind of their own back pocket. You know, like the, you know, hey, uh, hey, pay me. Just write the check to Dell Callahan, not to, like we have a company called Ted and Bo Properties. So I'm very adamant. When you write a check, it does not go to Del Callahan because you're not paying me. You're paying the corporation. The check goes to Ted and Bo Properties. Any official communication comes from Ted and Bo Properties. Dale is an agent of Ted and Bo Properties. And when I operate like that and I keep that distance between me and the corporation, it allows me to do a couple of things like sell the corporation if I want to because it's not me directly. I'm just one of the agents. And it also gives me that, it keeps that legal protection up there. When you see an attorney, they'll tell you, a good attorney is going to tell you about this. And if they don't, ask, hey, I'm incorporating here, John. How do I operate? What do I do? What do I have to be afraid of? Or not afraid, what do I have to be careful of how I operate? They should tell you that. When we incorporate, our attorney sends us this letter that says, it's just a letter, and it says, here's, here's some basic principles that you want to use. So a corporate structure, when you find yourself needing some legal protection, can offer a part of that. And, and it's not foolproof by any means. It's, you see it all the time. We, uh, the attorneys call it piercing the corporate veil uh, and going after the individual with the wealth instead of the corporation that might not have that much wealth. So it's just it's just a little bit of a defensive measure. It's not perfect. The, it's the other part here, though, is think about insurance. Most people who have any kind of wealth at all will look at what they call an umbrella policy. And this is not, this is not always related to business, uh, but you have a couple of different policies. So, you know, we have cars insured. We have houses insured. We have rental property insured. We uh, have things like jewelry insured, and it's all insured with one company. And then the company says, well, we're going to give you what's called an umbrella policy, which kind of covers all things above and beyond. Um, so a lot of people that have that, you know, how much that plays into business and your business activity, you just have to talk to your insurance company. But if your business is doing something specific that deals with products that are out there that could injure people, then you move into what we would call specific business insurance. We call it commercial insurance. And this is where you're not going to the Allstate or State Farm or those kind of companies so much. You're finding insurance agents that talk about product liability. Um, it, and uh, we talk about things that's also um, 
product liability, errors and emissions. It just depends on what you're doing, right? That's where you want to find that insurance agent and you want to sit down with them. And we're talking about a commercial insurance agent and and explain to them what you're doing. A lot of times your attorney will do this too. I'm going to post a note, I mean a a link in the show notes. Uh, That's going to be at delcallahan.com dot com slash 139 that's the episode we're on and it has a link to the small business administration an article about commercial insurance and kind of a thing to think about but if when you get into this legal protection you want to find an attorney and an accountant and a some kind of insurance uh, depending on what you're doing the kind of insurance uh, and you want to be able to just sit down and have conversations with these people without paying Right? We're not talking about knocking an attorney's door and say, here's my visa card. We're talking about the kind of attorney or accountant, insurance agent that will have a conversation about how they can help you and what you need. Uh, if, they're, if they're asking for your visa card within minutes of talking to them, you're probably at the wrong people because they're not developing a relationship. Most of these professionals realize they're going to make money off of you in the long run. They don't charge you for just let's talk through what you're doing unless that gets detailed. So this corporate structure and insurance gives you, starts to build you a a barrier wall around you for legal, I mean, for financial and legal protection. What I'm talking about mostly there is legally financial, people coming after you financially. So that's number three, and in number three was where we get to you are doing something or you've grown uh, and you need some protection, and that's for number three. But number four, and this is especially true where the S-Corp comes in, is the tax man side, and we're mostly talking here about IRS or the Internal Revenue Service in the United States. Different countries, a lot of I know a lot of countries do very similar things to this. Uh, but I'm talking about United States, and I'm not speaking as an attorney, so I probably will butcher this. But if you have significant income in your business, and usually I look at this as if you're paying yourself a salary. Uh, so many people will pay themselves some salary. You need advice on the best structure. And I would even say this is true if you're making significant money, if you're hitting $50,000 a year or, or six figures a year in revenue, then it's good to sit down with um, an accountant and an attorney, both, and talk about, here's what I'm doing. What do I do with the money? Because many people with a side hustle, what they do is they just put the money in their pocket uh, and they don't have any thought about what to do with it. And it, it shows up on their tax forms in a certain way. It should if you're being legal, and you should be being legal, it's going to show up on your tax forms as this business income. And you can sometimes structure that so you pay yourself a salary and it can have tax benefits. And that's what you're looking at. And the nuances here get crazy, and this is where you need expertise. Uh, What we usually see when we get into the S-Corp type things is people trying to avoid certain types of taxation Uh, or what's oftentimes called double taxation. So the difference between an S-Corp offers here is what's called the self-employment tax. And you hear this a lot. And if you start talking about paying yourself a salary, and you start talking to accountants, 
They're going to mention self-employment taxes. They might call it double taxation. And what they're talking about is Medicare and Social Security. Because if you work for Company X, they pay you a paycheck. Company X, in your paycheck, they're going to take out certain about Medicare and Social Security taxes. But the company also pays those taxes. So they pay half and you pay half. When you're self-employed, you are the company or you own the company, so you pay it twice. And so that's the double taxation. And by playing games with S-Corps, um, then you can sometimes, you, you, can, you can have impact on that. And, we, and again, it's nuanced and there's, there's financial values, you know, 100,000 and so on, that matter. And everybody's situation can, can be a little bit different. So uh, a great article that I'm going to post on this is by LegalZoom, and it kind of walks through the S-Corp versus LLC situation uh, from a from kind of the legal point of view. So let me just say this for the attorneys and accountants out there. S-Corp and LLC are not two different things. You can have an, uh, the, the, there's, there's an LLC and then there's a regular C corporation. And S-Corp is more about tax treatment than it is the corporate treatment. That's as much as I'm going to say about that. But many people will say they're not two different things. You can have an S-Corp under an LLC. Uh, so if you want to be totally confused, but essentially S-Corp is about taxation. That's why I'm hitting that here. Uh, LLC, C-Corp, and basically anything with a corporate structure, LLC, LLP, Legal Licensed Professional, I think what that stands for, is about the legal protection. Uh, and of course, the two intertwine. So here's kind of my updated, number five, here's my updated formula for deciding on the side hustle legal structure. So this is kind of where we start at. What, what decision do I make, Dale? Now you're totally confusing me. You said you were going to help me. I hope this helps you. If you're just starting and expect a small income, let's say under $25,000 a year, and you have little risk in your services, as I've already described, and you're not wealthy, as I've already described, and you pick the number, I pick 500000 net worth, then just go on as a sole proprietorship. Because if I start, um, if I start selling items on Pinterest or or uh, Etsy and these kind of things, I'm and I'm going out uh, like a friend of mine. She goes out and she finds furniture on the side of the road and she takes it and refurbishes it and then sells it. Risk is pretty low for what she's doing. She all that income she makes. You know, if she makes $25,000 this year, she'll be doing great. She might make more than that. I don't know. But but right now, she can take that and just report it on her tax forms, which she does need to do. You do need to keep up with it. You do need to keep up with expenses and report all that. Because under that, when you fill out your taxes and when in a turbo tax or whatever you do, or you give it to your accountant, then... All that extra income and the expenses show up as business income. They don't care whether you're LLC, C-Corp. They could care less. They just want you to pay your taxes, right? Those little nuances figures out does impact. The nuances do impact how much taxes you pay. But essentially, you're just reporting it. And we call that a sole proprietorship. 
And that's so anybody who goes out there opens a, a you know doing anything by law. If you don't go to a corporate structure, you are a sole proprietorship. Then that's fine. And that's how most companies in the United States start, and many companies stay there and never change. Uh, so you see that all the time. Even some relatively large companies uh, still do that. Um, but anything over that, so I'm talking about a 25,000 year mark. You know, I'm, you're just starting. I might make 25,000, or maybe you've done it for a year and you only made a you know 12,000. I would just keep going like that uh, unless there's some trigger like we've discussed to make you move that. But anything else, seek the advice of a CPA and an attorney. Yes, both. They do different things. They think about things in different ways, and they overlap, right? And a lot of times, if you don't have a CPA or an attorney, you're going to find one, and they're going to recommend the other. Hey, I work a lot with this attorney. You know, you find a CPA. I work a lot with this guy, and, um, you know, we understand each other, and, you know, that's that's fine. So, but you're looking for people that talk about business. You're not talking about an attorney that does divorce settlements necessarily. You're looking for somebody who's more savvy on the business arrangement. But as you grow and you move from that, I'm starting, and you got some income, and I don't really care how much, um, you know, you've, you've made some money. You've maybe made $10,000 this year. Seek the advice, and the advice might just be you having a friendly chat over coffee, and they say, you know what, Dale, I wouldn't worry about it right now. And if you find a good CPA and a good attorney, they're not going to try to talk you into things. Uh, we can talk more about how to find a good CPA and attorney, but mostly it's anybody willing to sit down and educate you and say, you know, I wouldn't worry about that right now or when this happens. And they'll, they'll be having conversations kind of like what we're having now, right? They'll be helping you think through, here's some things that might trigger you to want to go do this or that. And that's what you want to do. So all of this stuff, before I get off of it, now this is this is kind of some common sense advice. I'm going to use your $25,000 and just starting as your trigger. As you grow, as you make some income, as you decide you want to keep the business and you want to keep doing it and keep growing it, that's when you seek that advice. You've tested it. Now, if it costs you, you know, five, six hundred, twelve hundred bucks to get a good structure, that's fine. That's fine. Now it's business income you're spending, and it's not just money out of your back pocket. All right, I hope that helps, but let me give you one other thought. Never get distracted or delayed on all this legal junk. If it is slowing you down due to indecision, which is usually when I'm getting these questions, if it's slowing you down, people are saying, I've been struggling, thinking through LLC. I've been studying it up and reading up on LLC. And I'll tell them, you're not even ready. You're not doing anything that even matters. But they're studying it. They're reading it. They're buying books on how to form an LLC. And they're spending months, literally, not starting their business and growing because they're too busy learning how to be an attorney or an accountant. Don't. If it's distracting you to that point, call up an attorney, call up an accountant, and just do it. This is how easy it is to start a corporate structure. Once you have an attorney, the last corporations I started, I picked up the phone, called my attorney, said, this is what I'm doing, and I'm driving down the road when I'm doing this. This is what I'm doing. 
tell me where I'm stupid. And I usually start the conversations like that. You know, tell me you're the expert. What do I need to do? And usually they're like, okay, since you're doing that, what I would do is start an LLC. And who do you want to be on the members? And so we started two corporations on one day. I'm driving down the road. I'm on the phone. And he says, okay, I'm going to do this. We'll sign up the papers. You come sign them and write me my check. And, and I'm in the car. And it didn't cost me any research, anything. I don't need to be an expert on LLCs and S-Corps. I'm not pretending to be one here telling you. I'm telling you this is common sense, one guy telling you his experiences. You don't need to be an expert either unless it's the services you're offering. And this is not the podcast that's going to make you the expert either, right? You get that, right? But don't get distracted. And I would say that's true of all kinds of other things. Focus on what you do to serve your customers as your business and not the mediocre details. Sure, the details can be important. Sure, legal protection and all this is important. Yes, but don't get distracted when I can pay Johnny and Susie just to do it for me. So I hope that helps you. I hope that gives you some perspective on the LLC S-Corp question. I'll throw the C-Corp and sole proprietorship um, just to get moving, and give you some thoughts about where to start and what to do. Again, I appreciate if you would uh, can throw out there, go over to iTunes. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes, delcallahan.com slash 139. And we, I would love it. I would love it. And I would so appreciate it if you could give us an iTunes review. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week.